0: We are starting a new series today called Reset and we're not going to waste any more time and we're going to get started now. <laughs> Well, good morning. So it's great to have everybody back in the building. How awesome is this? And those that are watching online, thanks for gathering online. We're excited to have you here. We are starting a brand new series today, Reset. And as you know, everything is different. Everything has changed. Whether we wanted it to or not, things are adjusting. And uh, before I jump into the the sermon, I want to kind of do a little bit of housekeeping. I do want to do a little pause and I want us to pray just for a a minute uh, with our country. Our country's in disunity right now. I mean, actually, I think we're actually more unified than we, than we want to admit that we are. Uh, because everybody is on the same page as your pastor. I've given my life to the ministry of reconciliation, uh, reconciling people that are far from God to God. And so reconciliation is a, a big part of our ministry uh, and also standing with people uh, that are far from God and far from one another and creating unity. And so as your pastor, I want to say that my, my heart's saddened uh, by what's been happening here in the country in the last, in the last, few, uh, last few weeks, actually. And I'm praying that God would awaken us that god would stir us up that god would realize that we are the all together on the same page and because of that there is much more ahead of us than behind us and and let's move forward Uh, we're going to actually stand with those who are working towards bringing people together not separating people and uh, as your pastor i just want to stop for a minute i want to pray for our country i want to pray for our community i want to pray for our our city and i want us to be unified and really the only one that unifies is Jesus. He is the reason that a bunch of misfits can gather in the same room and we can worship the creator. Uh, We can put our eyes towards him. And in our community, what we want to do is be a voice um, towards that end of a voice of unity. And so let's pray and let's put this in God's hands. And as we're thinking about resetting, we're thinking about restirring. we want to make sure that our hearts are ready for it that our hearts and our minds are focused on Jesus. And let's leave the past behind and let's look to the future, okay? And as our church, we have a lot of work to do. We really do as a a community of believers. We have a lot of work to do uh, in our world, in our community. And I think it starts right here. And I think God can take us and God can make a difference not only around here, but around the country, just with our unity. Jesus himself said that we will be known by our love for one another. And so let's pray to that end uh, this morning and then we'll jump right in. God, we are pausing for a minute before we launch into our services, and God, we know that you are the reason for everything. We know that you are, God, the great unifier. When you look down on this um, chaos before humanity was created, you said that you wanted to create something out of nothing, the void, and bring paradise And God, it just seems throughout history that humanity has messed this up over and over again. And you looked on us with love, and you actually came into the mess. You came into uh, humanity and bore and took on yourself our sins and our burdens. God, through your death on the cross, you actually were able to unify us to the creator, to God, and at the same time unify all peoples and all nations. God, I pray right now in our country that you would awaken us, that you would stir our hearts for love for one another and that, God, we would see a movement like never before of your people gathering and embracing those around us despite our background differences, despite our birth differences, despite our cultural differences. God, you are the great unifier. We love you. We, Place this service in, in your hands. We place our community and our city in your hands. We place our country in your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So my question for you, have you ever had to reset your computer? I know that computers have uh, changed over time, but when we first got our very first computer, there was a reset that always had to happen on our computer because it would get bogged down. Um, so have you ever had to reset your computer? What about your phone, Smartphone? Sometimes they're not too smart. You know, you got to reset them. What about your mouth? You ever had to reset your mouth? Ooh, yeah. Whoops, that's a little harder to do. Um, when I was a kid, um, the TV would act up, and you just go over there and kick it and punch it, like, mm, and it would fix. It would, like, reset somehow. I don't know why that would do that, but you just, bang and it would reset. Now, if you did that, you'd probably break your TV, so don't do that. Um, sometimes we get bogged down, we need to reset, we need to do over, we need a second chance, we have to start again. And I think the last 90 days, if there's something that we've all learned, is that our whole nation, our whole world, in essence, has been reset. That at one swoop, um, we've all been put on the same page, and we've all realized that the things that we counted on, we we couldn't count on anymore. They're not they weren't trustworthy anymore. The things that we depended on no longer are there. The freedoms that we had, we took for granted, were gone, and people that we care about were separated from us, especially the church. And it seems as though we've been in exile for a while, and it seems like we've been in some kind of bondage. But I want to stop for a minute, and I want to tell you that I believe God. Not only do I believe in God, but I believe God, what he says is true. I believe that God has a plan. I believe that God has allowed this. I believe that God has never left his throne. I believe that God is in control, that God is working. And what God really wants for us, for his church, for Bethel Community Church, is a reset. He's allowing us a chance to do it over. And for the last 12 weeks, we've been away from one another physically But spiritually and connectedly on digital media, social media, we've been able to connect. But God is wanting us to head down a path of resetting our hearts and our minds. And over the next few weeks, we're going to look at kind of the bigger picture of the character of God. And we're going to look at his character in difficult situations. We're going to look at our response to difficult situations. We're going to look at our response because our response determines the outcome. And I think a lot of us are trying to rush back to whatever normal was. And if we rush back to the way things were before, we're going to miss the do-over that God is allowing us to have. It's almost like God has given us an opportunity to have that conversation that we didn't have. He's given us another chance to have it fresh, to have it again, to have a do-over. What's the point of a do-over if we just go back to the way things were? Now, if you're married and you've been married for any amount of time, you know that every once in a while your marriage has to be reset, And you want to have a do-over conversation, maybe something you said that you wish you could take back, maybe some actions that you had you wish you could take back. What's the point of saying, I'm sorry, and I want a do-over, if you just go back and you do the exact same thing and end up in the same spot again? And what God is allowing us to do as a church, as a community, is to have a do-over and start over. And I want us to take advantage of this divine reset, not only in our church, but in our own lives. Maybe, just maybe, we can have a different outcome. Maybe, just maybe, we can have a different direction, and we can end up somewhere different. And so, before we continue, there's something I have to acknowledge. Uh, We have our families with us the the next two weeks, so I see some kids in the audience. Awesome, good to have you guys. I want you guys to learn from us, adults, and maybe avoid some of the mistakes we've made. Because all of us wish we had a do-over. We're going to work through the book of uh, Ezra, and if you've ever looked in your Bibles, the book of Ezra is sort of towards the beginning of, of Scripture, and we're not going to read the entire book, but Ezra was originally written as a continuation from 2 Chronicles into Ezra and Nehemiah. They're all really one book and one continual story, but over years, the scholars have kind of split them up, and so we have 2 Chronicles, the end, we have Ezra, and we have Nehemiah that are kind of all run together. In order to eat a great meal. Now, I've seen a couple of you. I've seen myself in the mirror. We've all been eating pretty good the last 10, 12 weeks. Huh? Maybe a little too good. Maybe some junk food. Some comfort food at night. Yeah? The first six weeks, it was like all ice cream, popcorn. And then the last six weeks, it's been like, oh, goodness, stop that. Right? Anybody with me? All right. A couple of you guys. Honest people. Yes. Okay. In order to have a good meal... And to have some good dessert at the end, you have to work hard at cooking, and you have to gather the ingredients, and you have to know where you're headed in order to cook a proper meal and have a proper dessert. And so what I want us to do is I want us to gather some ingredients real quick to see what God is doing in this passage in Ezra. And if we jump right in to eat, we're going to miss the whole process to get us there. I think a lot of times we jump into Scripture, and a lot of us have a habit of just opening it up and saying, okay, God, what do you want to show me today? Okay, so the mouth of righteous utter wisdom. Awesome, thanks God for that today, and then we go on. Without understanding any kind of context, to understand who God is speaking to, to understand what God is doing in the passage. And so today I want us to like back up a little bit, I want us to get like an intro into the book of Ezra, and then we'll jump into chapter one, but there's a difference between description and prescription. And I want to clarify that real quick, we talked about that here before um, at Bethel, but I want to reiterate it. A lot of times, we look at Scripture as a prescription for a better life. Now, Scripture has incredible principles and incredible wisdom. And if we would apply it to our lives, our lives would be completely different. There's value in Scripture even for unbelievers. Do unto others what you'd have them do to you principle in scripture that's powerful and if we'd apply it it'd be amazing a lot of times though we get into the scripture especially the old testament the jewish scriptures and we begin to try to apply it to our lives and say well they did this so if i do this this outcome will be in my life that's that's a prescription what we have a lot of times in scripture is a description of the events there is no hiding it we see the good the bad the ugly all the events and you're like that's uncomfortable And so when we look at scripture, a lot of times we see the description of what's happening. Yes, we can learn the overall character of God, but if I take the exact passage and apply it to my life and prescribe it to my life, I'm probably going to end up in trouble. And we'll see that over and over again in the book of Ezra. And so the Jewish scriptures was, was written as a description, as a history lesson for the Jewish people. Now, here's an example of prescription versus description. You know the story of Samson? samson was a mighty judge what was one characteristic that samson had that sticks out long hair okay guess what i and strength based on the hair right so he grew his hair out and as long as he didn't cut his hair he was strong so during COVID, i've been trying this does not work okay it's actually just as annoying and so i could take the story of samson and say well if i grew my hair out then i'd be stronger Actually, that's just describing God's work in Samson's life. It's not God's work in my life, okay? So do you understand the difference between description and prescription? And so the Jewish scriptures, 39 books were written before Jesus came to earth. They tell us the story of the first man, the first uh, family, and the first nation that God chose, and it kind of tracks their story. And so it's a lot of description. In there, we see Proverbs, which is wisdom. We see Psalms, which are prayers. We see a lot of really cool stories. And if we're not careful, we're going to see it as a prescription for our life instead of a description of what happened to the people in Israel. They're broken into four sections. The Jewish scriptures are the law. These are the first five books. We have the history, which are the next books. And then we have poetry, which is right there in the middle. And then we have the prophets. Because of our modern understanding of book reading, we say, okay, I'm going to start in Genesis. And if I just read on through, I'm getting a picture of scripture. But scripture is not written from Genesis to Malachi in order. It's all out of order, all over the place, because the scholars took the books of history and they put them together. They took the poetry books and put them together, put the law and put them together, put the prophets and put them together, and yet if you look at a map, they're all staggered all over the place. i got a map here on screen, which I want to show you a little bit about what's happening. And so you may not be able to see this, but I want to point out some things about how things are written and the order in which they're written. Ezra is actually written... After almost every book in Jewish Scripture in the 39 books, almost every book comes before Ezra, and yet Ezra is almost at the beginning because it falls within the history of the nation of Israel. So it was written before Psalms and before Isaiah and before Daniel and most of the others. The only contemporaries and the only books that follow Ezra are Malachi, Nehemiah, and a couple of the Psalms. Everything else is written before Ezra. And so if you look here, Ezra, I'm going to walk over to the screen. So if you're online, hopefully this is on your screen. You'll see Ezra right here. This is Ezra. But if you look at all the books, they're all before there. So Ezra is at the end of the Old Testament, the Jewish scriptures. Why am I telling you this is because if we're not careful, we'll put Ezra in the order in which it's written in our our Bibles. And we will miss... That all the prophecy and all the things that God promised and all the, all the threats of God towards the nation of Israel, the correction, the discipline, we're going to think, oh, this is weird that all this happened after Ezra. Ezra is a book of exile and a book of return, a book of a do-over. That's what Ezra is. And it's because God was calling the people over and over again to worship him, calling people over and over again to follow him, and the people over and over again were disobeying God and walking away without worship without service and so we come to this part of the context of Ezra and we find the Israelites in captivity they've been in captivity for almost 70 years and it's because of their disobedience God warned them over and over again Jeremiah the prophet told the people of Israel of a coming invasion the power of Babylon was going to come and take people into captivity if there was not revival and awakening in Israel He told the people that the enemy king, who he was and what he would do, he also told them how long the captivity would last, 70 years, and this was foretold 200 years before. This is what's going to happen if you don't return to God. Here's the deal about Ezra, is that God did not want the captivity of the Israelites to become their new normal. God didn't want them to be in Babylon forever. It was a short amount of time, but he wanted them to return. And so COVID-19 might seem like a long time, and we've been away from each other forever, but God's plan is not for this new normal to be our new normal. He wants us to actually return, and he wants to stir us up again to love and good works and to reach our community and to serve our community. So God stirred the heart of the king so that the people would return to their homeland. God told Isaiah 210 years before in Isaiah chapter 44, verse 28. He said, when I, saw, when I say of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, he will certainly do as I say. He will command, rebuild Jerusalem, and he will say, restore the temple. Can you imagine picking up a history book? And in that history book that was written 200 years before to find your name in the history book? And that the history book was actually talking about you 200 years before, and it was talking about You. The historian Josephus said that Cyrus the Great himself read the prophecy of Isaiah and he understood that God was talking about him and it stirred his heart to action. And that's where we pick up the book of Isaiah, Ezra, sorry, chapter 1, verse 1. It says there, in the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, the Lord fulfilled the prophecy he had given through Jeremiah hundreds of years before. And he stirred the heart of Cyrus to put this proclamation in writing and send it throughout his kingdom. Don't miss this point that in order for a divine reset to happen, God is the one who stirs the heart of those in charge. Throughout Old Testament history and even New Testament history, even in our modern age, we understand that God is in charge of who's in charge. That God's in control of who's in control. And so we might think in the United States of America, our president's in charge. We might think in other countries that there's dictators and kings in charge. But actually, we see through Scripture a principle that God has the heart of the king in his hand. And God moves the king, and God stirs the king how he desires. And even though it's hard for us to look at our lives and say, nothing's happening. Can you imagine 200 years going by, and then this prophecy hits? Our country is barely 200 years old. And there's so many things that have happened in our history. And yet God's word never fails. The word stir here, where he says, where he stirred the heart of Cyrus, this this word in the original language is the word ur, which means to awaken. You know, we've been praying for awakening here at Bethel Community Church for months and months and months, that God would awaken us to the realities around us, that he would awaken us and stir us to realize that our world is dying without Jesus, that God would stir us. The clearest example in Jewish history, uh, scripture, sorry, is this song that we see of Deborah the judge in Judges chapter 5. It says, wake up, Deborah, wake up. Wake up, wake up, and sing a song. Arise, or wake up, Barak. Lead your captives away, son of Abinoam. To awake or to stir is to literally rouse oneself, to incite oneself, to be excited, to be triumphant. Now, did everybody get a stir stick on your way in? I don't know if you did. If you get a stir stick, would you grab it? Why do we have stir sticks? Now, this is like a coffee thing, so if you don't drink coffee, sorry. Why do we have a stir stick? Kids, grab your stir sticks. I want you to grab your stir stick and poke your mom and dad with it. Just poke them. What did that do to mom and dad? It woke them up, right? Now, if someone's next to you, falling asleep, just poke them with that stir stick. You just aroused them, you woke them, you incited them, Right? You stirred them up. What's the point of a stir stick? It's to take several ingredients and mix it up, right, into something new. And I believe that what God is doing in our country and in our own personal lives is God is stirring up us to do something. God is stirring up his people to make a difference. Over the last 90 days, we've all been wakened and stirred. We've been awakened to the fact that we don't control anything. We've been awakened to the frailty of humanity. We've been awakened or stirred with the brevity of life. We've been stirred with the sanctity of life. We've been awakened to the spiritual needs of our community. We've been stirred to pray. We've been awakened to serve. We've been awakened to the spiritual battles around us. We've been stirred from our slumber to the value and the needs of the church. There are many people right now deciding on whether they'll ever come back, whether they'll ever go back to church. Because they didn't see the, the, the point. We've been without it for 12 weeks, so what's the point? And yet God is going to stir up our hearts. He's going to stir up the community. And my question for you is, what is God stirring in your heart? What has God shown you over the past three months? What is God awakening in you? What has God stirred in your hands, in your hearts, in your mind? Man, I barely got through half of my sermon. And we're going to stop. Because I want to have a discussion with Pastor Ruben. And I want us to talk a little bit about what God is stirring in the hearts of the leaders. And I want us to talk a little bit about what God is stirring in your heart so that we at Bethel Community Church, with this second chance, this do-over, we can take full advantage of it. Pastor Ruben, why don't you come out? Thanks. Come on up close, Pastor Ruben, up close. We'll stay six feet away, but up close. All right. You got too many things in your hand, man. (laughs) Who took that hand today and just slapped some people with it? Okay, there's a few honest people. I slapped a few people. It just wasn't hard enough. All right, Pastor Ruben, we're talking about stirring because in Ezra, we see that God stirred up the heart of the king, and it caused him to have action. And so my question for you is, what has God stirred in your heart the last three months, the last 12 weeks that we've been kind of separate? Yeah. Um,
1: good question. Um, it works. It works. Yay. Okay, we're okay. there. Um, yeah, this is an ongoing discussion. And I, uh, I'm i going to be really transparent uh, with <laughs> with you guys this morning. Um, and I think that's helpful uh, yeah. to do that. And so um, what I'm going to share with you is... is um, really personal. And um, just, I, I want to make sure that it, it doesn't, it, it comes across that way. Um, because God's been stirring something in my heart. And and as a pastor, you, th- you feel the weight. This is where I'm going to get really honest, is that um, COVID happened. We made the decision to uh, no longer meet in our building for the health and safety of the people uh, of our congregation. And that was really hard for me. I went through. I I can't tell you the roller coaster that I've been on uh, the last twelve weeks um, because there's some things that I see in Scripture. There's some things that I see as the function of the body of Christ and the purpose that it serves in the gathering together, um, and that's been really difficult um, because what I see um, and what I desire is uh, a body of of people that comes together, um, unified under the banner of Jesus, that functions in a healthy way together. Um, and, and as a pastor, I think sometimes the, the challenge is, and this is, this is not anyone's fault but my own, uh, but I put this pressure on myself that I feel like my, my immediate response was when we made that decision was how am I gonna make this work? I put so much stuff on my back and I bore the burden of a lot
0: of stuff. I'll tell you, um, just before Ruben continues, the first three weeks of COVID-19, probably our staff, it was the busiest, mm-hmm. the most stressful yeah. that we've ever experienced in all of our ministries combined. It was very stressful. And I think as you're describing that we felt this burden to kind of keep everyone connected, keep everybody going. And, and I think our staff did a great job, really did a great job. The problem was you're describing that you were took the burden on yourself mm-hmm. to make sure that the stirring was you, yeah. not God,
1: yeah, and there's a lot of truth to that, and so as i as I processed through some of those things, um I realized that and I had some conversations with some good friends of mine there were some some safe places where I went um and and had some really honest conversations um and I realized, man, I in a lot of ways, I feel like the church is on me. The operations of it, the, and, and I mean, I know we're in this together, right? But like as, as pastors, we can be guilty of feeling like, I got to make this thing run. I got to, we got to do something to, to make this happen. And there was very little space those first couple days of like, God's going to have to do something. It was immediately like, what what can I do and I became I became really busy and then there's a financial side of it that that plays into the mental side of things and I'm just like well if I'm not doing anything then like am I worthy of 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 my wages so to speak you know what I mean and there's all this stuff and so I've been doing some study on the uh, the gifts of the spirit um, and studying through First Corinthians chapter twelve, and man, it is amazing how God designed the body of believers to work together in unison under the banner of Jesus to to be in a community and for a community um, that is powerful and contagious and. Everyone's working together. It's not this like, well, you're, you're this, you're the pastor, so you make everything work. It's like, no, God has called the body of believers to function as a body. And and, when, and there's no less significance in, um, in the big toe than there is the elbow or the head. Yeah, they, they serve different functions and they, they, uh, they, they function very differently. But when they operate together, the body functions in a healthy way. And I'm just like, man, that's like, God's really doing something in, in that regard in, in my life and in my heart.
0: And I think what happens is that it, our, our, our view the last few months as pastors is that we s- feel pressure that there's been a few of us that have disconnected from the body and maybe they didn't ever feel like they were a part of it or never discovered their part in the body. Because yeah. everyone needs to be a part, everybody's a part and when i read through ezra and i see how god stirred not only the king and then he stirred the leaders and then he stirred people back to come back to the temple it really made me think okay what's our community like what's our community make of and there's something unique in yukon and i don't know if you know this but the pastors in this community really love each other and get along great Uh, there's pastors of all different kinds of churches different denominations here in town that we love each other, and we've been praying together. We've been lifting each other up. We've been trying to motivate one another to love and good works as pastors. And so what I see God doing, what God is stirring in my life, is that all these different churches in yukon guess what they are? They're just a bunch of different classes in the same church. We're all functioning to serve God, and there's no one that's better. There's no one that's righter. There's, that's the wrong word. More right than anyone else. And so there isn't. There, we're all on the same team and there may, it may be a church, my, my good friend Woody Burpo at Passion Church, that may be a church that God has put for a specific purpose. And then uh, my good friend Kyle over at um, t- Town and Country, God has put that church there for a specific function. And then then uh, Bethel Community Church, God has put our church here for, for a specific fun- function. And then I've got a friend over at Good Fight, uh, Pastor John Phipps, and God has put him here for a specific function in his church. But we're all in this together, and as a body of believers in Yukon these churches have actually realized that we're part of something bigger that wants to serve our community in such a way that it's not about us, it's about Jesus. It's not about us, it's about others. And it's churches coming together, and some people call it the Big C Church, I would just call it the family of God, put, coming together with different functions and different gifting. And I think to your point, God has given all of us a place and a function within the body, and we need to find out what that is and do it to the best of our ability. Yeah,
1: part of it's education too because I didn't have some of these conversations growing up and and Paul Paul says this in 1st Corinthians chapter 12. He says, "I don't want you to be ignorant of this." Yeah. And then he says later, it's not like it there's this idea that it's not if you're gifted, but how you're gifted, right? Yeah. And that that you you do have a gift and you do have a function, you do have a role in order to, for the body of Christ to come together and work in unison together to accomplish something for the cause of Jesus and to see, a, you, you mentioned the word reconciliation, yeah. right? To see a city and a community reconciled to the love of Jesus requires not Ray and I to do everything. It requires a body of people, the family of God, who have been gifted for a purpose in a specific way by the Holy Spirit of God to accomplish something that Ray and I can never do on our own.
0: That's right. That's right. That's good.
1: So we have to, like, that's what God's stirring in my heart. And I, I see, I, I, and I like, I see it. I have a vision of it. Yeah. And I want so bad for it to happen.
0: Yeah. And I think the desire which God has stirred up in the last few weeks, He stirred it up in my heart. And I don't know if you can feel it. You guys are here this morning, those that are watching online, but God is stirring something up. He's waking, He's awakening something in our spirit. It's not about these four walls. Mm-hmm. It's not about this building. The church has continued outside of this building, and this church will not be stopped because or lack of a building. Our community is far greater and far more in need than us to just come back into this building and huddle and forget about what's going on outside here. So the stirring is find your place and actually own it because you don't, yeah. you don't benefit from your gift. The people around you benefit from your gift. Yeah. And that's really the bottom line. We need to pray. Uh, we're going to wrap up this morning. Pastor Ruben, thank you so much for your transparency. One last thing. Yes. I would say
1: find your gift and celebrate your gift because it's God who gave it to you. That's right. You didn't earn it. I didn't earn it. I didn't earn my place here. God actually had a plan and a purpose, and it's because of God that I'm in, in the place that I'm in. It's God who gave it to you, so learn your, learn your place or learn your gift and celebrate your gift because it's God who gave it to you.
0: Yeah, let's pray. God, this morning, um, it's overwhelming to think about the task. It's overwhelming to think about the job of reconciliation, really the job of serving we can, we can think that maybe someone's doing it wrong or someone's doing it right, but in the end, it's going to take you stirring it up in our hearts, and so we're begging and praying that you would stir us now, that you would wake us up, that you'd use this divine reset so the Bethel Community Church can continue in this community to make a difference. This is your church. We give it to you. God, we've seen you do it before we've seen you do it in other places we've even seen you do it right here amongst us and our prayer today is you just do it again do it again in our hearts do it again in our minds do it again in our spirits and god that we would learn where we fit and just lean in to our gifting jesus we love you we thank you My prayer, God, is that if anybody's listening and does not know you, that they'd feel a drawing of the Spirit. They'd open up their lives and give their lives to you. That you'd wake something up in their spirit. That you'd draw them to yourself. That your name would be lifted up. That our community would see the difference. And you would draw all men and women to yourself. Jesus, we love you.